And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, the president of APAS speaks against Ottawa's carbon tax and a Senate committee hearing in Ottawa last night. Agri-News is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers Ag Division. Choose the alternative. McDougall Auctioneers for guaranteed results. Online at mcdougallauction.com. And South Country Equipment, your one-stop for great service and a selection of agricultural, precision, ag and lawn and garden products. APAS President Todd Lewis was in Ottawa last night to tell the Senate Agriculture Committee that farmers are opposed to the federal carbon tax. Lewis says he had a good reception from senators studying Ottawa's carbon backstop policy and its impact on farming. It's called the Greenhouse Gas Pollution Pricing Act. And uh, what they're talking about is a surcharge that the federal government is looking at adding to industrial fuels. So, of course, for agriculture, you know, it's almost, a, you know, I think as the provincial government recognizes, it's almost a backdoor way of starting to get the carbon tax put in place. And so we're very concerned about it. And so we just wanted to press upon them about how a tax like that could really affect agriculture and also, you know, what agriculture has done. And, uh, you know, we feel that uh, agriculture is doing their fair share and, and uh, certainly uh, added tax isn't going to help diminish our carbon footprint any. So that's what the presentation was about and the Senate was interested. So were they receptive, though, to it? Yes, they were. The questions uh, they asked, you can tell uh, they've been doing their homework. And so, I mean, I, you know, in the new reality now between the Senate and the House of Commons, I think we saw in the Transportation Act, you know, amendments can be put forward. And this being a budget bill, I don't know, uh, you know, how the amendments would work or those kind of issues or if this part of the bill could be split out of the entirety of the bill. And all those kind of issues, those are all parliamentary procedures. But certainly uh, they've noticed the concern and they talked to uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Nova Scotia last night and there's been some other hearings earlier in the week so hopefully uh, they're hearing some information that kind of educates them a little bit and certainly from agriculture from our point of view anyway we're we're certainly uh, not in favor of any added surcharges. So you feel you accomplished something then? Well time will tell but I guess you know you want to keep continuing with the message down there and it's going to be a long game here and it's more of a marathon than a hundred yard sprint but this is just another piece hopefully that will uh, you know at more education we can do down in Ottawa the more lobbying I think they're certainly beginning to understand the word tax grab was used a few times by senators last night so I think the message is starting to get through and you know certainly in agriculture we've got a great story to tell about you know how we're producing more and more uh, pounds of beef or pork and or chicken and and our certainly our grain and oil seeds producers are producing more bushels of grain uh, with less carbon footprint than we ever have before so so i think uh, that needs to be recognized and really in reality if we get some recognition for uh, what we've been doing on the sequestration side on pasture land and cropland we could actually you know the entire country could benefit and we could meet our climate goals so i think it's important that uh, we keep telling our story Last night you're in Ottawa telling the Senate about carbon tax. This morning you're back home on the farm, and we had about a uh, a small amount of rain. Uh, I've heard as much as a tenth of an inch. And so, what does that mean on the farm? Well, it just kind of knocked the dust out a little bit, and it was a nice text uh, just at supper time there last night after I finished my presentation. My nephew texted me, Brendan, and said that they were rained out. So uh, just before supper time last night here, so that was nice to hear. That hasn't happened for this is the first time in two years I think we've been rained out during seeding so it wasn't a big rain but nice to know that it can rain and hopefully uh, it's a start of something better that's for sure so conditions are dry without a doubt and we've got enough moisture here to start the crop and we're sure going to need timely rains to uh, keep it going this year that's for sure so it'll help with soil germination what does it mean for pastures and i guess it reduces the wildfire threat well i think that's important certainly the wildfire uh 
boy, it's uh, extreme, isn't it, when you start talking about rabbits starting fires and those kind of things. And certainly municipalities are looking pretty hard. And, boy, guys got to keep matches in their pocket this year, I think, until uh, we do get some general rains, that's for sure. And But some producers, you know, with uh, flax double and things like that, they don't have much choice, and uh, they sure got to be careful here. And that's uh, one thing we certainly want everybody to, uh, before they light something up, to be really super aware and super cognizant that, boy, those fires and gusts of winds can sure take things in a hurry. And it is so tender dry that we've had some tragedies already and we don't need any more. Todd Lewis farms southeast of Regina at Gray and is president of APAS. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and the Remax Blue Chip Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth online at landforsalesask.ca. A new company has been formed to help livestock producers with their forage needs. Roger Myers of Minton is a rancher and director of Union Forage. He says the company offers a complete support system to extend the Saskatchewan grazing season for livestock. Well, it's a line of both the annual grazing blends and uh, perennial forage blends as well. And on the annual forages, well, that is, I guess, new when it comes to grazing these uh, and we call them blends. Traditionally, people have referred to them as cover crops. The term cover crop in our minds is more for the organic producer or, or grower, something covering the ground, growing to compete with weeds and then to be tilled back in to add fertility to the soil. With us, we're looking at uh, what we call nutrient-dense annual forage crops with a keen focus on both above-ground growth for uh, nutrition and forage quality and quantity for grazing purposes, plus the root value in these annual blends, the different varieties and species we have in there will root at different depths and uh, pull nutrients and moisture from different depths. Then when they're used up in subsequent years, they break down and degrade at different rates and at different levels again, again spurring on or building soil health in that fashion. So that's the best way to improve yields of forages? Is uh, what, what would be the answer there? In a emergency situation, probably, or in just a well-planned-out grazing scenario. Where Union Forage got started was, or with these annual blends, is trying to fill uh, a grazing need at a time when there's no grazing forages typically available. For Canada, that's for the most part, in the fall. Because our typical North American cereals or grasses, that would be the brome and the crested wheats we normally grow and graze, as well as our wheat, oats, and barley, those North American cereals have one goal for the season, and that's to set seed. Once they've done that, their growth slows down or stops, and or the forage quality is almost nothing. You know, so late in the year, you don't have a good quality grazing or forage in front of you. This fills that need. So which is best, a perennial, an annual, or a blend? Um, well, they are totally separate, for starters, but both. There is a place for both, is what we see. And then just to answer your question a little more fully on the perennial blends, when we get working with our uh, suppliers who do a lot of research worldwide, the thing that jumps out at us as a, as a real big beacon is the amount of 
forage research, that is being done out there. It is slower than with annual field crop research. But what was blatant to us is the newer or improved varieties that are out there are not what your dad used or grandpa. A lot of the varieties that people are still selecting just because of price and because they have been somewhat successful in our growing situations, we revert back to what we're comfortable with. And we didn't realize until we got looking at this research, a lot of the varieties we're typically using today were developed in the 1950s. And when you compare that to what's happened in genetic research or the change in genetics of, say, canola or corn in the last even five years, it's unbelievable that we're still selecting for perennial forage varieties that were developed, you know, 60, 70 years ago. So you overcome this by offering improved varieties to producers? Yes. How much of an improvement in yield, say, against the traditional varieties? Oh, anywhere from 10 to 25%. And when it comes to considering and implementing a good grazing plan, incorporating the annual blends that we're offering, in a lot of cases we can double the productivity. And when it comes to the annual forages, the unique opportunity is it is such a good complement, an excellent complement to other annual forages that we're typically doing. If you look at a green feed scenario or a silage situation, can incorporate our annual blends with your cereal that you're growing already. You do that initial harvest, typically midsummer, then do nothing different and let it regrow. And you'll essentially get the second harvestable crop from one season in the same growing season. Roger Myers of Minton is a rancher and a director of Union Forage, which was formed to help producers with their forage needs. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. Call 1-800-284-9999 for more information or to book a free consultation with the office of Scott Bjornson Hollis Wealth. Scotia Capital Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Market Update also brought to you by Flamin Sales in Saskatoon, Southie, Prince Albert, Yorkton and Swan River. Visit Flamin.com. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading this morning. Canola rose 270 at 505.64. Oats went down 81 cents at 157.07. Number one red spring wheat decreased $4.13 at 237.83. The rest were all unchanged. Durham 252.81. Feed barley 195.63. Flax 462.84. Yellow peas, 244.54. Feed wheat, 189.58. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, July spring wheat is down 5.5 cents at 608.5 cents a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia, 642-4180 or Weyburn, 842-4574. Good afternoon. This is a Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for Wednesday, May the 9th. Another good run here for this time of the year. 400 cows and bulls, 20 cow-calf pairs, 90 feeder cattle, a total of over 1,300 for the day. Cows and bulls selling strong and active. I guess it's steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 84 to 94, sales to 96, 97. D3 cows, 74 to 84. Cows are averaging 90 cents. Good bulls, 107 to 117, sales to 122, right up to 126 for these high-yielding kind. 
due to the number of cows and bulls, we haven't sold any feeder cattle here yet. So, uh, so this is last Wednesday feeder prices. Onto the steer side, four to five hundred pound steers, two thirty-five to two forty-five, five to six is two fifteen to two forty, six to seven hundred pound steers, two dollars to two twenty-five, seven to eights, one eighty to two dollars, and eight to nine hundred pound steers, one forty-five to one seventy-four. Onto the heifer side, four to five hundred pound heifers, two oh five to two fifteen, five to sixes, one ninety to two oh two, six to seven hundred pound heifers, one eighty to one ninety-two. 7 to 8, 165 to 178, and 8 to 900 pound heifers, 145 to 160. We were on to our summer schedule, which means receiving on Tuesday from 8 to 8. Sale time is 8 o'clock every Wednesday morning. We start out with cows and bulls. If any pairs show up, we sell them at 11 o'clock every Wednesday. And after all of that, then we start selling the feeder cattle. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton, phone 783-9437. Hey, don't forget about Mother's Day weekend. Give her a call or make that visit. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,800 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 138 to 147 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,800 head, selling a range of 143 to 150 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is up and forward contract prices open mixed this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was down 60 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2963. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 77.41 cents U.S. U.S. negotiated cash markets gained nearly $1 U.S. 100 weight in yesterday's trade, following the previous day's rally in wholesale pork prices. Lean hog futures made solid gains in yesterday's trade, with most contracts regaining value that was lost over the previous two weeks of trade. The summer time frame recovered nearly $3 U.S. 100 weight so far this week, stemming from the solid gains that were seen in the pork carcass cut out on Monday. However, hog prices are working against record production of pork, chicken, and beef amid uncertainty in the export markets due to the new U.S. trade policy. Coming up, the farm weather forecast. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland, working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry Shepard at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today. Sunny skies, wind north 30, the high 15 degrees, the low zero. Tomorrow increasing cloudiness, wind southeast 30 kilometers per hour, the high near 11. Chance of evening showers Thursday with a low of plus 3. Friday cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high near 12, the low plus 2. Saturday, sunny with a high of 18, the low 6. Sunday, sunny and a high of 23, the low 9. Monday, sunny with a high of 24, the low 9 degrees. Tuesday, sunny skies, the high near 23. The normal high for this time of year is 18, the normal low is plus 3. The sun rose at 5.20 this morning, it sets at 8.30 tonight. On the roundup this hour, we have Estevan at 17, Saskatoon 10, Swift Current is 9, Weyburn 14, Yorkton is 11. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's 11, that's 52 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 27, gusting to 50. Humidity 41%, the barometer is rising 102.0. And we had some rain last night in Regina, a nice general shower, not a huge amount. Uh, one estimate was a tenth of an inch. Sunny in Moose Jaw. 10 degrees, winds are from the northeast at 28. Once again, Regina, sunny and 11, that's 52 Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. 
I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.